Hi, welcome to another inspirational message recorded live at Oceans Unite Christian Center. How is everyone this morning? Good to see you. Praise the living God. We're here in the house of God. Is I think it's is this Super Bowl Sunday? Wow. These must be the worshipers who worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. When I think about all the places I was on a Sunday morning, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Amen. God is is so good. The way that he loves us, the way that he cares for us, the way that he has placed his adoration upon us. As the apostle John said, I believe Pastor Alex is going through that book now. Um... 1 John, um, or the book of those books, 1 and uh, 2 and uh, 3rd John, and John says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called sons of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because the world does not know him. But because the world did not know him, it did not limit God from coming down to man. Man never would have been able to approach God no matter how many sacrifices that they could offer up before God or offerings to try to get the the glory of God to come down and meet with man in the Old Testament. God came down to us in the form of a human being, wrapped himself up in flesh, And the Bible says his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. But also, the Gospels tell us that his name shall be Jesus. See, the Bible said he should be called Emmanuel, called Emmanuel, God with us. But also, Jesus coming to dwell, coming to live, coming to reside, coming to tabernacle on the inside of us to make us into a new creation. Just want to give honor to the Spirit of Christ who's the head of my life, the head of my family. I want to acknowledge my wife, my beautiful children for being here this morning. Acknowledge and, and honor the leadership here. I thank God for this leadership. We are blessed. We are blessed. And we know it's not about a man, but a person and people who are surrendered and sold out to God to allow God use them for a vision is amazing. We see the way that the world is. We see how it's running amok. We see where the world is going. We know according to the scriptures where where the world is going to end up if they don't turn to Jesus, if they don't turn to Christ. The Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Jesus has covered us in his blood, and he has given us a mission. He hasn't just saved us, but he has given us a mission. He has given us a calling. He has given us a purpose. He has given us a destiny. And from a young age, the world tries to cultivate us. It tries to condition us because we know, as Paul said, that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. And from a young age, he tries to get a hold of us. 
to lead us in a direction that is contrary according to the will, the ways, and the plan of God. And even as becoming a Christian, the enemy is still there trying to stop the move of his spirit. But we know that he can't stop the move of God's spirit. He can't stop the plan of God because Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church. When Peter recognized that he was the Christ, when Jesus came to the disciples and he said, whom do they say that the Son of Man is? And some, some said, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist, some say these mighty works are showing forward or showing through you because John the Baptist has risen from the dead. But he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter said, blessed are you because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus name, this morning, I'm going to share about God's heart for the lost and reaching the lost because all of us get to participate and God's kingdom. All of us get to play a part in God's kingdom. It's not just a person who's on a platform or in a pulpit or behind lights or with a microphone in their hand. God has a, a specific assignment and purpose tailored to our lives and where he's positioned us and where he's placed us and where he's called us to. It doesn't matter whether we're in the church uh, behind a pulpit whether we're at our job, whether we're at our homes, whether we're, in our, whether we're uh, at a family convention or a family event or whether we're in the gas station or whether we're at the gym or whether we're in the grocery store, the gospel is not chained, Paul said. Paul said, I may be in prison, but the word of God is not chained. The word of God is not hindered. Man cannot stop God's plan. The enemy cannot stop God's plan from prevailing. This morning I'm going to talk about and share about God's heart for the lost and reaching the lost. There was no lengths that Jesus was not willing to go through or go to to reach one lost soul. And when we see this a lot throughout the New Testament, we see this with Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 4 and Galilee. And I'm not going to go in depth into that right now and for the sake of time, but on your own time, I want to encourage you to read uh, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 4, he was in Galilee teaching and preaching in their synagogues the kingdom of God and healing all kinds of sickness and diseases. And you may say, well, that's good. He's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's God manifested in the flesh. But I want to remind you this morning and I want to encourage you that you can do those same things. But the enemy doesn't want you to think that. He doesn't want you to believe that because he knows as long as he can get you to believe that lie, you will not promote the kingdom of God. And it's so important that we're in tune with what God wants to do and will do in our lives if we will say yes to him. We don't have to look very far to see that we live in a world that is lost, hopeless, dying. And let me give you a... Um, let me give you the reality of it, on their way to hell if they don't come to know Jesus. He was healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. We see this in Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus cleanses the leper and on down he heals the centurion servant with a word, with a word, one word. 
but was willing to come where the centurion servant was. But the centurion declined and said, just speak a word and my servant will be healed. Now, there's a lot more to um, this particular event, this particular situation that we see in the Gospels. This centurion, he understood authority and being under authority, and he understood the power of when somebody gives you a commission or a command. We live in a society today, we have been so westernized at times, and I have even experienced in my own life at times of being complacent with the gospel, being complacent with the word of God, being complacent with what lives and breathes and moves on the inside of you and I. God has called us to be partakers with him, to be an heir of God, a co-heir with Christ, an inheritor, inheriting what God has for us. Through Jesus Christ's name, it's just like when somebody dies and they pass away and they leave you a will. They leave you an inheritance, but you can't touch that will. You can't touch that inheritance until that person is dead and gone, and then that will becomes active. That inheritance becomes alive, and it is at your disposal, and it is at your use. Jesus did the same thing for and through you and I. In the same chapter, he heals Peter's mother-in-law, along with using a word to cast spirits out of people who were demon-possessed. He also liberates two men possessed with devils. As we move into chapter 9, we see Jesus Christ, the anointed Messiah, the Savior of the world, forgive and heal a paralytic man. He wasn't too busy. Although he had a great mission to fulfill the will of God, which man could never do, which man tried to do through the Old Testament, through the Ten Commandments, through ritualism, but man was never able to do it. How many of you know this term? This is not Christian, this is, or this is not in the Bible, so don't quote me on it, but how many you know you never send a, man, a boy to do a man's job? But God sent his son to do something that you and I would never be able to do And he did it for you, he did it for me, he did it for the world. But sometimes we get saved, we get born again, and we kind of keep our Christianity to ourselves. We only want to talk about Jesus when it's convenient. When I'm in the midst of other brothers and sisters, or I'm around church folk, and there's nothing wrong with building each other up, there's nothing wrong with edifying each other. There's nothing wrong with being equipped in the church, but God has not filled us with the amount of word that we have got in American culture, the amount of revelation that we have got in Western society, the amount of revelation, the amount of word to keep it, the amount of truth to keep it, the amount of theology to keep it for ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. He pours us, he pours into us so he can pour out of us. That's why Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. He also liberates two men possessed with devils. 
As we move into chapter 9, we see Jesus Christ, the anointed Messiah, the Savior of the world, heal this paralytic man. He also heals the ruler's daughter, and he's on his way to heal the daughter. And a woman comes up from behind him with an issue of blood and reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. This woman had every right to be ashamed. This woman had every right to be afraid. First of all, he was the high priest. And when you're unclean in those times, you don't touch the priest. Until he goes through the ritualism to perform a cure or a healing. Now, some scholars have said, I didn't share this in the first message, but some scholars have said that this woman had what we would call today an STD. So you can imagine as Jesus is on his way to heal the ruler's daughter, he heals Peter's mother-in-law along with using a word to cast out spirits. Jesus is just blazing. Like he's just walking through. Nothing is stopping him. No people's limitations, no opposition or adversity from the crowd. He is just on a mission for the Father. This woman had an issue of blood. She reaches out and touches the hem of his garment, and he actually stops for her to acknowledge her. He could have turned around and been like, why did you touch me? I'm holy. Don't do that. Now, I'm going to just be transparent. I have kind of had that that thought perception at time or that thought process that when I first got born again I felt like that somehow God loved me more than he loved the next person who was still in their sin but I forgot the mess that God brought me out of and I think we have a tendency at times to get caught up in that mentality that mindset that we forget where God brought us from and we have a tendency to overlook people because of the way it's almost like we stereotype people or we become so accustomed to being in the house of God or being in church when we get out there into society like I said we kind of uh, 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 shut down a little bit because it's outside of our element or it's outside of our comfort zone or we feel uncomfortable but God is always taking us from faith to faith from glory to glory he's always taking us out of our comfort zone into that next place so he can accomplish his will and his purpose he stops for this woman and he tells her be of good cheer be of good cheer daughter don't cry don't be sad. I know you're carrying shame because of the STD that's on the inside of you. I know a lot of men have abused you and misused you and mistreated you. Maybe right even here in this circle. But be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Praise God. Then he moves on with his plan to heal the ruler's daughter. Next, we see him healing a man who is mute, possessed with a demon. I believe that we conclude that Jesus is on the move. The title of this message is Highways and Byways. Highways and Byways. Because God is raising up his people to get outside the four walls. 
like I said, some of us have been preached to for years and we're loaded with the word of God. God has placed so much on the inside of us. And when we realize that, it compels us. It propels us to share that hope, to share that love, to share that mercy and forgiveness with others. Paul put it this way, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. But he said, if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that do not believe. But that does not stop God from coming to them. That does not stop you and I from witnessing to them. That does not stop you and I from ministering to them. That does not stop you and I from meeting a physical need, a spiritual spiritual need, a mental need, or maybe even sometimes a financial need because of the way that they may look or they may not measure up to our standard of what a Christian or somebody should look like. Luke 14, 22 through 23, and the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God wants a full house. God wants a family. We see that in the beginning with Adam and Eve when, when God created the man and the woman and then he, he pulled the woman out of the man and then he pulled a family out of the man and the woman and started civilization, started society. He said that my house may be filled, Mark 2, 16 and 17. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, those who are sick. I've witnessed the people, I've ministered to people at times, and they really don't want to witness to the lost. They don't want to minister. And they're like, I'm good. I have my relationship with God. I have my prayer life. I have my devotion time. But they don't want to witness. But Jesus said right here, he gave a mandate that he did not come to seek and to save that which was lost. Or he did not come to uh, call. He said, excuse me. He says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So if God has made us well, we should, by the grace of God, by the appointing of God, share our faith anytime we have opportunity, anytime that we have chance. He said, I didn't come to call the righteous. And it's funny because if you look at the setting, if we look into the setting of what's going on here in Mark chapter 2, Jesus is sitting amongst, amongst scribes and Pharisees, the ones that were the, the religious elite that were, trying to, that were trying to mark out Jesus so they could find fault in him because he was doing what was right. He was doing what was good. He was doing what the Father commissioned him to do. So don't be discouraged, church. Don't be discouraged, body of Christ, when you begin to minister the gospel and the word of Jesus Christ, and that word is going forth with power and love and forgiveness and mercy and grace. Don't be discouraged when the enemy sends people at you to tell you what you're doing is wrong, or he tries to whisper in your ear, your ear and say, remember what you did? You're not a Christian. 
You can't witness to those people. You can't talk to those people. Just like he did with the woman with the issue of blood that we saw a moment ago. I can imagine the shame and guilt and condemnation that she probably felt touching this holy man. And it's not just any man. This is Jesus, the son of the living God. God manifested in the flesh. And she goes up and she said another gospel, another um, author puts it this way. I believe it was uh, Luke who said that she said within herself, if I may just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be well. And that word touch in the Greek literally means to make a connection. It literally means to kindle a fire. And when we have touched Jesus, when Jesus has touched us, it will ignite a fire on the inside of us. It will ignite his love on the inside of us. It will ignite his compassion on the inside of us so we can go into the highways and byways and reach the lost. When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous. And he's being cheeky here because Paul said that there's none righteous. No, not one, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sometimes we may look at people and misjudge them and feel as though they are not worthy of God's mercy. That they are not worthy of God's forgiveness, that they are not worthy of God's love. You want to know God's heart for the lost? Look at the cross. You want to know God's heart for people? Keep looking at the cross. You want to know God's heart for people? Look at the blood running down Jesus' body. Look at the blood running down his forehead with a crown of thorns, holes in his hands, holes in his side, and holes in his feet, and a hole in his side. While two people were stretched out on each side, and the one man says, cries out to Jesus, will I be with you this day in eternity? And Jesus forgave this man right at the last minute, right at the last second, while he was dying on the cross, he was still concerned about the lost. His heart was still for the sinner. And Jesus said, surely today you will be with me in paradise. You want to know God's heart for the lost? Look at the thief on the cross. You want to know God's heart for people? Listen to his blood that cries out. This is good right here. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus, this is how you can tell that his blood is all powerful. It's active and it's alive. Because he says his blood cries out, so that what that means is that it gives off a sound in the ears of God. That God is hearing the life that is in his blood. See, I don't know about you, when I was first walking with the Lord and I dropped a hot plate of soup on my foot, I'm going to tell you, nothing godly came out of my mouth. But the Bible says that the blood of Jesus cries out while he was on that cross. He was still thinking about that thief. He was dying and hanging and suffering for the very people that hung him there. You want to see God's heart for people? Look at the blood that cries out better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. God, get him out of my life. I can't take him anymore. 
God, I don't want to deal with that person anymore. They've hurt me too much. I'm not forgiving. I'm not letting go this time, God. Every time I bring my wall down, every time I put my guard down, I get offended again. I get hurt again, God. Why are you allowing them to still be in my life? It's almost like a punishment. It's almost like a torture. But how many know that Paul said, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal bodies. It's an honor to die with the Lord. It's an honor to be crucified with the Lord. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me, who loved for me, who gave himself for me. So when that person comes and that those people come and they offend you and they wrong you and they hurt you and they betray you, you can say, I forgive you. I love you anyway. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. Jesus' blood cries out for mercy. Have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on those people that wrong me. Have mercy on the people that abuse me. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible tells us that his love is stronger than death and his jealousy as cruel as the grave. Mark 1, 40, 41. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him. He could have very, very easily said, you know what? I've healed Peter's uh, mother-in-law. I've healed the woman with the issue of blood. I've been dealing with a lot of issues myself. And all these people running up and around me and, 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 and crowding me. But Jesus, the Bible says, was moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Luke 14, 1 through 5. Now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. Now, um, if any of you are doctors or nurses, you would know that... Um, dropsy is uh, an illness that affects the body. It's where your body fills up with fluid uh, because of possible congestive heart failure or kidney failure. So his body is shutting down. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they had rules that you could only come to the temple of God and be healed on a certain day. So Jesus is changing the way here. Jesus is changing the game here, if you will, because that's why Jesus said that I am the way the truth and the life so Jesus is exercising who he is and instead of making the man wait he says I am willing and he touched him and Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath but they kept silent and he took him and healed him and let him go then he answered them saying which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day because the Sabbath day was supposed to be a holy day where there was supposed to be no work but the scribes and Pharisees didn't even keep the own rules and laws that they set for others because that's why he presented them with that question which was rhetorical 
which was Jesus already knew the answer because he's God. So he asked them, which one of you have a 99 sheep? If one falls into a pit, and this is an animal. We're talking about an individual with a life-threatening condition who is in need of healing. Sometimes we're so busy in our lives, we have the tendency to overlook people's needs because of what we're going through or what we're dealing with. But Jesus was headed to a cross. Now, I know we got jobs, we got responsibility, we got family, but this man was headed to die a brutal death. And he says to the man, he tells him, I am willing be healed. Luke 14, 7, so he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, Luke 14, 12 through 14. Then he said, then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the main the lame and the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just Luke 14 22 through 23 and the servant said master it is done as you commanded and still here this here it is again there is room there is room in the kingdom of God. I can remember a time when I first got born again. I was in prison. I left the visiting park. I'm walking the track. I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. At, at that time, it was just a still, small voice. That's all I knew. And he said, Brian, how long are you going to keep running from me? Go inside and pray with your roommate. Now, before this, people had tried to witness to me. People had tried to tell me about God, but God was a fairy tale in my mind. God was fictitious because if there was a God, then why did I go through all that hell? And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. I'm sure a lot of you have had moments uh, questioning your faith. Is God really there? Does God really want to use me? Does God have a purpose for me? Does God have a calling for me? And my answer to you and, and the answer from God is yes. And I can remember I went inside. My roommate had been waiting for me. And this is where I saw for the first time agape love, sacrificial love. And I came inside, and I'm walking up the this, this stairs to the top tier, and I see my roommate standing there smiling in the window pane. And in prison, you don't show a lot of emotion. You don't show feelings. Everything is a wall. Everything is a defense mechanism. But God has a way of breaking through those prison walls with people that we deal with, people that we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis, people at your job, people in your family, people that are around you throughout the community, in the gas station, that, that, um, that, that, that clerk, if you will, that gas station attendant, that waiter or that waitress that, that can have a tendency to annoy you. What's taking this clerk so long? Come on, can't she just hurry up and get the line to go through? Come on, where's that waiter? I ordered my drink 30 minutes ago. My dinner should be here by now. Those people, the ones that the enemy would try to deter you away from because he knows that a lot of times if we're not led of the Spirit, that a lot of times we'll look at it from a carnal perspective and we won't witness, we won't share the hope of the gospel. And I can remember when I came up there and I came into the cell, my roommate prayed for me. 
And he said, I knew you were coming, my friend, but what I didn't know all the while that I was outside of the cell on the weekends, he would take to fast and pray, fast and pray over my shower slides, fast and pray over my locker, fast and pray over my mattress, fast and pray over my pillow, crying out to God, even though I was coming in there cussing, even though I was coming in there with marijuana, even though I was coming in there with gang members, even though I was coming in there trying to dominate the cell, he didn't allow it to deter him. He just continued to tell me, God loves you. Jesus has a plan for you. God has made a way for you, and God is waiting on you. And he would stay back and he would pray for me and cry out to God for my soul, sacrificing. Now, food is scarce in prison. You get three meals a day. And if you're not getting money from commissary, you're not surviving very well. Yet this man was willing to give up his trays and his rec time on the weekend so that he could witness to me, so that he could stand in the gap for me. Back to scripture, Luke 14, 23. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. The Greek word for compel is anakazo, and it means to drive by entreaties, almost to beg people to, to come to know Jesus, to come to know God to come out of that darkness, to come to know the Lord. Yes, I know that you're in a mess. Yes, I know you're in turmoil. Yes, I know you stole from me. Yes, I know you hurt me. Yes, I know you wronged, from, uh, you wronged me. Yes, I know you lied to me. Yes, I know you backstabbed me. But I want you to know that God still has a plan for your life. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus said, go into the highways and the byways and the hedges. Go into the ghetto. Go into the hood. Go into your gas station. Go into the courtroom. Go into the hospital. Because everywhere that you go, every place the sole of your foot touches, I have given to you. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. The gates of hell. What Jesus was saying, we're going to set up shop right here at the gates of hell. And you're not going to do nothing about it, devil. I'm coming to get the people. I'm coming to get the souls. He has placed that same power on the inside of you. He has placed that same love on the inside side of you the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to you not will be not might be has been given to you give God some praise coming to a close thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit God's heart is so huge bigger than we can imagine Our minds only think so far. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy, God. We know where we would be if you didn't leave the 99. If you didn't go out into the highways and byways, some of us would have never heard. God's heart is so huge, he built an entire everlasting kingdom based on his love. What can we offer a God who owns all things? It's not like, God, I can give you my talent. I can give you my gifts. I can give you my money. 
I can give you my car, I can give you my house. But God said, what is the place, what is the house that you will build for me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has not my hands made all these things? Yes, Lord, but I built the house. Yes, but that's my wood. That's my concrete. Those are my nails. I created that. But you weren't there when I created it. A kingdom, his he built an entire everlasting kingdom based on his love, a kingdom where there will be no unrighteousness, no sin, no sickness, no pain, no fear, no loneliness, no depression, no drug addiction, no worry, no confusion, no hate, no abuse, no lying, no false accusations, no shame, no condemnation, no self-hatred, no racism, no politics, hallelujah, no COVID, no pointing the finger, no letdowns, no setbacks, no broken promises, no failure no defeat and no death the apostle paul put it this way and corinthians 15 55 oh death where is your sting oh grave where is your victory jesus said i rise with all power in my hand and i gave you i give you i gave you i give you that same power to go and reach the lost to go and reach the hopeless to go and reach the alcoholic to go and reach the dysfunctional to go and reach those that don't believe to go and reach those that turn their back on you to go and reach those that said you'll never amount to nothing to tell them that Jesus desires to meet with them hallelujah thank you Jesus no power or shame of hell could ever stop him. No tactic of the Pharisees, lawyers, or Sadducees could get rid of him or trip him up. No drug, no alcoholic beverage can stop the power of his love. Satan, sin, hell, and the grave shuts its mouth at the sound of his voice. He is almighty God. He is wonderful counselor. He is everlasting father. He is prince of peace. He is the alpha and the mega, the first and the last, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, spotless lamb, pure and holy man of God. Hallelujah, bright and morning star. When he gets ready to show up, not even a tomb can stop him. Just ask Lazarus when he gets ready to show up. Not even a man possessed with demons can stop him. Just ask the man in Mark 5, 2. Listen, when Jesus gets ready to show up, not even your sin can stop him. Not even your failure can stop him. Not even your letdown can stop him. Not even your broken promises can stop him. Not even your dysfunction can stop him. Not even the lies can stop him. When Jesus gets ready to show up, not even shut doors can stop him. Just ask the disciples in John 20 19 when Jesus gets ready to show up not even a person who doesn't believe inside of a prison cell can stop him just ask me oh hallelujah his heart is for the lost go after the lost with him go after the lost with him take up the call say yes to God no more time to play no more time to run in the world no more time to hold hands with the devil Jesus said go into all the world preaching and teaching the gospel whatever I have commanded you whatever I have spoken to you whatever I've done for you the Bible puts it this way in revelations we overcome by the blood of the lamb the blood that cries out for mercy the blood that cries out for mercy we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony hallelujah go after the lost go find them don't be afraid Jesus said don't be afraid I am with you even to the very ends of the world even to the very ends of the age he is with you
He is with you. Hallelujah, God. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more teaching like this and other material, please visit our website at www.oceansunite.com.